do I charge a car? Can I charge it in the rain? How far can I drive? Electric car? What's a power grid? Is V2G possible? What is V2G? Do I get free parking for my EV? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Electric Avenue, a podcast about the electric mobility revolution and new energy economy as seen from our perspective out here in Central and Eastern Europe. I'm your host, Aaron Fishbone, Communications Director at Electric Mobility Charging Services Provider Greenway, based in Bratislava, Slovakia. This is part two of our mini-series on the trends in e-mobility to watch out in 2020 because we couldn't fit it all into one single episode. Last week, we spoke about some key trends to watch. The first was awareness and consensus, the growing awareness and especially acceptance among the general public and key decision makers from government and industry that electric vehicles are the future. So will that continue into 2020? Second trend was electric vehicles coming to the market. Given all of the rhetoric that we've heard from car manufacturers, how quickly and in what volumes are electric vehicles going to be coming to the market? Will the period of time it takes someone from ordering a vehicle to receiving it increase or decrease? And the third trend to watch is EV charging infrastructure, its placement and policy. How, as the electric vehicle industry enters a denser and more mature phase, will different types of charging stations be placed in more varied locations? And a lot of this is gonna be driven by policy and regulatory decisions at different levels. So we discuss those trends and we'll see how they unfold. We received input from a range of experts and professionals in various areas of the e-mobility ecosystem on which trends to watch out for, and we're gonna be continuing to sharing their input in part two. And of course, here in the studio, helping us identify and analyze these trends is co-founder of Electric Avenue and Greenway, Peter Badik. Hi, Aaron. Last week, we got all the New Year's pleasantries out of the way, so let's dive right in. E-mobility trends of 2020, part two. Let's begin with a story. Last Christmas, I was driving from my girlfriend's parents' place in the Black Forest area to my family's home, which is near Lake Constance. So I would say this was basically a trip that took place somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Still, the good thing was that already end of 2018, there were plenty of charges along this route. So the coverage was not really an issue. So it was quite sufficient. Um, there were uh, enough charging stations to be found on the way. So what was an issue though, was basically two things. I would say two thirds of the charges along the way didn't either function or the service hotline was, you know, was not prepared for those kinds of issues. There was either no one available or the stuff was not qualified to help me. Of course, uh, not such a good thing at Christmas Eve, uh, by the way. Yes, this was a real life experience shared by Thomas Diber, former CEO of Hubject and now at the Cosmic Cat Group. And it's a perfect segue to the next trend to watch out for in 2020. Trend number four, user experience and roaming. Increasingly, the marketplace of electric mobility service providers is becoming about quality and reliability, not just about the number of chargers. Customer experience is, I think, the new watchword in the EMP business. And at Greenway, we take this very, very seriously. I mean, you talk about it all the time. We have a cross-departmental customer experience SWAT team, which you know monitors things and proactively addresses customer experience improvements that we see that could happen and all the touch points the customers have. But really, to put it perfectly, here's Lyubov Artemenko, who's chief operating officer of GoToYou, a CPO EMP in Ukraine. And they've been winning awards all over the world, by the way, for their business model and their customer experience focus. So here's 
sure she is. It's no longer about simply growing number of the charging station, but it's very much these days about charging experience of the EV drivers. So we really see a shift from uh, solving the problem of the range anxiety to solving the problem of experience anxiety of the EV drivers. And that really brings new challenges. And I also believe that it opens up uh, amazing opportunities. Uh, in my opinion, one company uh, who really understands this and that already very much ahead of the game is Tesla. So in 2020, one should keep an eye as Tesla goes to software as a service business, introducing, for example, the premium connectivity subscription and unpacking unlimited possibilities for the in-car experience. And of course, new revenue streams. I think Thomas's point was about the basic fundamentals of customer experience and responsiveness, and Lubov's was about providing excellent customer service and also that the kind of battleground has moved to customer experience and user experience. Peter, how do you even think about the concept of user experience? I mean, what is it? First thing is, it's something which you you are never done with user experience. So mm. it has to be well a constant put. thing in your company and you need to improve it all the time. And therefore as well, we have all this concept of uh, mapping of touch points and trying to improve it. And I know how it is complicated and uh, you know every small improvement require a lot of work behind and that's a constant thing. So you need to I have- I laugh a, because it's quite understated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you need to have it simply like in, in the DNA of a company. So you need to repeat it and it's a matter of the, you know, the top manager to have bring this topic all the time. Second thing, maybe worth to mention in general about this industry that it's very complex and it's a big industry, the charging, and it's very new. And still there is a you know limited amount of money flowing in and things are changing very quickly. So you need to adapt very quickly with limited resources uh, to new technologies, to new things. You need to grow your network. And interesting is it's well, we are going through a learning process to understand what really customers want. You have many topics where it's not really clear if this is something which a majority of the customers or most of the customers want. One of the topics is reservation of a parking lot for a charging. On one side, it looks like, okay, the perfect feature, I can reserve my charger. When I'm coming there, it will be ready for me and I can charge. On the other side, we have as well a very bad attitude to that, that basically it's uh, in a situation where you do not have so many charges all around. To block the charger for use uh, just before you came there is not something which helps the EV community. So this is a small example, but I just want to say that sometimes it's even hard to identify what is really improving the, the user experience. Mm -hmm. And something that maybe makes sense from the perspective of the company, right, because it's a workflow improvement for us, doesn't necessarily make sense for, for the user, for the EV drivers. And, and I think we are now living in a world which is, a, I used to say, hyper-competitive, you know, so you expect everything works 100% of time. And sometimes this industry really has a problem just to secure the basic functionalities. But I think it's improving, and I think we will need to do a lot of work in that. It's a great place to pivot to something that's related to UX in, in actually a lot of ways, which is the concept of roaming. And this is the concept of users being able to charge not just on chargers of the company whose network, the operator whose network they are in, whose card they hold, or whose app they are 
let's say, primarily registered with, but other operators as well, traveling to different countries and then charging to different operators. You know, when it's not possible for a customer to use the same RFID card or the same app to charge everywhere, that's a really big pain point for them. And I think it's been raised as really big for the industry overall and its success. What do you think? This is a topic which is here from the very beginning, so called interoperability. And uh, I think that's uh, one of the basic elements of user experience, if to, so to speak. The good thing is that I think in the last two or three years, uh, the technical things uh, was more or less solved. So we have all means now that interoperability can be secured. You can have theoretically possibility to access what wildcard every charge point in Europe, theoretically. The problem is, uh, and I think we will touch it in a while, is the ability of a charging point operator to connect with other, all others uh, players. So it's really a big technical challenge, I would say. That's one thing. Uh, but the technical interoperability, as we call it, so technically possibly to, to do it, it's here and it's just a matter of a lot of work on the side of the operators to make it happen. But I think we moved this year uh, into what we call the economic interoperability or uh, something what we call the roam like at home. And, you know, by the way, just quickly, I mean, a few of our contributors mentioned exactly this point, you know, Petar Georgiev from Euroelectric, Rafal Shashevsky from Greenway Polska really mentioned this is the customer facing side of roaming, right? One is use, the other is invoicing and yes. payment. And so the reason why this topic of roaming, very closely tied to you user experience, but different, uh, is a part of our trends episode is because it's going to be really important to see how this evolves over the course of the year in order for the mass uptake of electric mobility to be a success. Trend number five, market consolidation and the emergence of new companies and business models. So here's Thomas Diber again, making this point. There are way too many players in the EV charging landscape in Europe. This is such an interesting fact because there's still not too much money in the market, maybe except Norway, and we are still waiting for the mass rollout of electric cars. But apparently still new players, the CPOs and MSPs, they have been popping up like mushrooms in Europe. For the customers, uh, I am meaning the EV drivers and the maturity of the market, this was not such a good thing as it raised the complexity overall, the market complexity, and in parallel, it decreases the quality of customer experience. As more and more people will drive electric, there is, from my point of view, no chance as a company to survive with that kind of attitude. This will be a very healthy development for the market. And those companies will either have to improve or they'll just die. And, you know, at the same time, there's also lots of opportunities, as Rock from Etrel explains. We have an unbelievable number of new startups entering the traditional car manufacturing industry. This is excellent display of how powerful electric mobility could affect the once rigid market seemingly lowering the barriers for newcomers, while at the same time investments are back in decent doers, confirm the quest for the much needed change. So Peter, I mean, this is interesting. These two quotes seem like they're opposing viewpoints. On the one hand, there was too many companies in the market. We need to start getting rid of some acquisitions, mergers, companies need to die in order to clear out the landscape a little bit, fewer providers. But on the other hand, as Rock said, there's all of these new opportunities for new market entrants and there are entirely new industries and new businesses being created right now. There's new data streams available. Lyubov made this point. There's new service offerings that can come in to provide us whether back-end or front-end applications. And there's a lot of new energy applications that can take place from the convergence between EV charging and the cars and the grid. You know, Peter, you're a businessman. You're a serial entrepreneur and founder. I mean, how do you see the marketplace? And, and what's important here from the trends perspective? I think we mentioned here several times, we are in the charging industry going to the phase where we need to uh, going to much more mature business. 
business. We need to improve our internal processes. We need to be able to execute on UX. How to execute it perfectly is the challenge. I see here two things and basically agree with both quotes. On one side, there could be a new technology or software or whatever coming from some kind of startups. On the other side, we need a more consolidation and we need a more professional companies who are doing it with a larger resources, with a focus and with a very strong know-how. Lots happening here and I guess the market will, will shift itself out. It is noteworthy that there's a lot of opportunity and uh, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, maybe one thing to add on this topic, it will be very interesting for me to see if the Central and Eastern Europe will be able to create such a strong player. Naturally, in a green way, we have these ambitions. Hopefully, we'll be successful. But yeah. it will be very interesting if it be us or it be someone, some other company, if this kind of a strong, consolidated player on charging infrastructure business could come from this part of Europe. Mm-hmm. We'll work on making that happen. In one market in particular that's going to be very active in 2020... And that is the place where energy, electric vehicles, batteries, and charging infrastructure all come together. We've talked about this topic a lot on the podcast before. 2020 is the year when, I'm going to quote Peter Georgiev from Your Electric here, one of our contributors, quote, we will see increased rollout of smart charging capable infrastructure across Europe and consumers will massively start understanding the benefits. So our next trend to watch is EV charging and energy convergence. Here's Thomas Dyber. The energy and mobility service worlds will finally start to intercept in 2020. And uh, therewith, also the competition of the two industry sectors that have not had too many overlaps in the past is going to kick off this year. Now that the value chain, at least for EV charging, seems to be more and more concrete, defined and settled, um, the competition drives those companies to find either new USPs or drives them to diversify. In the context of EV charging, I would highlight in particular one service which is relevant for 2020, and this is a vehicle to grid, or in a wider context, vehicle to X. 2020 will probably be the year where you will see first commercial series ready V2G solutions out there. And despite of many others in the market, I think that the possibilities of combining electric car batteries to a virtual power plant is really massive. And there are many nice things that you can do with it, like balancing renewable energy production, grid congestion, frequency containment reserves, just to name a few. And of course, in the meantime, also offering new incentives and services for your customers. And this can happen uh, both on the B2C, but also B2B level. So there, Thomas is making uh, quite a few points, actually. I mean, one of them is about the point made above, which is that there are also lots of new opportunities for new businesses or new revenue streams, even for existing businesses. I mean, at Greenway, we're experimenting with a number of new revenue streams related to energy storage and integration of renewables as well, right? Yeah, for us, it's a very, very big topic. We, as a charging point operator, we will have a great part in the energy business of the future. So for us, it's uh, one of the key topics for R&D, what we do and project we are joining and so on and so forth. As was mentioned, the owner of electric vehicle is able to manage when it needs the, the charging. What we need to secure is that the EV customers, the owner of electric vehicle, should benefit from the fair share of the value which is bring to the smart charging or smart grid by providing the flexibility when he or she is able to charge. So if I'm able to provide certain flexibility when my car is going to be charged, I should benefit from that. And just to clarify, for people who maybe don't know the topic so well, when we say smart charging or smart grid, 
The idea here is that a vehicle can either can receive energy from the grid at a time when the grid has it to offer, and that there are systems in place to let the you know connect whether it's the charging point to the the grid connection know when there is energy available or the price at which energy is available, and whether or not that is now the right time to give energy to this charging point and therefore this vehicle. Or maybe in the reverse case where there is vehicle to grid possibility to give energy from the battery in the car back into the grid. Exactly, and very simply say a new charge vehicle sometimes it could be beneficial for the energy grid sometimes it could be a problem it depends when you charge and if you are able to provide the flexibility so tell your operator charge me when it's beneficial for the grid you should as well benefit from this flexibility if you are not responsive saying i need a charge now it will be secured but the prices will be higher and it will be always mixed sometimes you need simply power now power now gotta go right whatever happens in an energy grid sometimes you are flexible and most of the time it like to because you are flexible and uh, that is a great source of value which the electric vehicles could provide to the grid. Mm-hmm. and there's a really a big movement pushing smart charging and smart grid right now because it could save a lot i mean obviously on one hand it requires some technical improvements but it could save you don't necessarily need to build new grids new grid connection rather you just need to balance the load differently so that there's not everyone is charging at the same time here is extremely extremely important that we need to start with from the very beginning with a smart technology smart meters connected chargers even i would really strongly suggest that even the home charger should be connected to some central system which is able to manage the flow of the energy in the future especially if we think that in garage you really have a lot of flexibility when you are going to charge mm-hmm. so you know on one hand there is this like use of energy and convergence with charging and energy on the other hand there is a whole body of work related to energy storage we've talked a lot about that so we can i don't think we need to talk more about it now suffice to say it seems like the trend to watch here is how much does this grow but you had brought up the some of the regulatory issues that need to take place here and that we should really be watching to see how they evolve over the course of the year please share exactly i think uh, all the things which we are discussing was discussed very significantly among the professionals so those people who are involved in this business and now it's really a time in 2020 that this debate is shifting to uh, regulators and i think they are still more and more uh, willing to listen we already started uh, three or four years ago and me personally were meeting a lot of people in energy industry and european commissions and then trying to explain this topic and importance of these topics and now i think it's bringing the fruits so i believe that in 2020 one of the things uh, which we will see and it's worth to watch is how the uh, regulation is going to shift we already mentioned in this podcast the alternative fuel infrastructure directive which should be changed to regulation and which should as well uh, bring a lot of changes into the energy regulation and how the charging networks are built a lot of these are things we were talking about already last year right they've been bubbling and even before last year they've been bubbling up they've been coming together pilots tests experiments whatnot but the i guess the real issue that's the trend for 2020 is a deeper convergence. These are now at a like relatively mainstream at a much higher level. These topics are clashing into each other and now it's about finding the real synergies, the real opportunities especially at scale for these things to take place and then regulation plays a large part of that in terms of making that able to happen at scale. Those are the final major trends that uh, we got together with our contributors. But there are a few other interesting points that people made that I just want to briefly mention, even though we didn't get do a whole segment on them. Things in Europe will be the Green Deal and the Alternative Fuel Directive. Two of them were brought up by Ryan Fisher from Bloomberg New Energy Finance, who's based in London. And the first is, you know, in the wake of Brexit, how will the UK react to a lot of the new regulations and changes that are going to be coming out of Europe? They're leaving the market shortly. Well, how is the UK going to react? And interestingly, 
stadium and it is one of the largest electric vehicle markets. It's the largest market for Nissan in all of Europe. So it'll be a really interesting test case and, and definitely something to watch. To see cities pull ahead with installation. So I would expect regulators to start to look at. The other point he made that we didn't talk about was a, you know, on one hand, cities are getting lots of investment. You have lots of charging infrastructure in cities and urban areas, but it's very different case in rural areas and villages and towns. And so how is this, let's say, called an urban-rural divide going to be addressed? How are policymakers going to react? What investments are going to be made in order to keep rural areas a part of the overall EV growth trend. And one other point was made by, uh, let's see, by Rafał Szaszewski, our colleague up in Poland, CEO of Greenway Polska, was the role of municipalities as like municipal level government in providing incentives and engaging in the topic and really leading the development of electric mobility in their communities. It is still different in Central and Eastern Europe than it is in Western Europe, um, but something that we expect to see a lot more leadership from municipalities in this region in the course of 2020. And the final point worth mentioning here is from Peter Georg from Euroelectric, which is that at the EU-wide level, how is roaming going to be standardized from a, a VAT perspective? It's not necessarily a whole trend in and of itself, but certainly something worth watching as it gets to roaming and the customer experience that we touched on. Whew. There you have it, everyone. Those were the trends to watch in e-mobility in 2020 that we gathered from ourselves and our contributors. I mean, these are the factors and forces which will drive this industry, the adoption of electric vehicles overall, and hopefully make the switch to electric a real success. And now... We couldn't have done this without our contributors, so I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who contributed to this list and to this episode who are working hard in the EV industry every single day. We have Thomas Dyber, who's the former CEO of Hubject and now the CEO of Cosmic Cat Group. Petar Georgiev, the policy advisor for climate and e-mobility at Euroelectric. Lyubov Artemenko, chief operating officer at Go2U in Ukraine. Julia Poliskanova, clean vehicles director for transport and environment. Rock Kobal, head of Nordic business development at the company Etrel. Ryan Fisher from the advanced transport team at Bloomberg New Energy Finance. Rafal Shalshevsky, CEO of Greenway Polska. And of course, here in the studio with me today, Peter Badik from Greenway. <laughs> and say the best trend or outlook for last because there's a quote that perfectly captures the atmosphere and how many of us in the industry feel right now. Once again, Thomas Diber. One thing is for sure, this is the most interesting time to work in the mobility sector and also in the energy sector, I'd say. Um, since the invention of the car, probably, and that's more than 100 years ago, uh, the good part is that we are all stakeholders in this young industry and we should be very grateful to be part of that story. Indeed. So on that optimistic and really positive uh, feel-good note, two more pieces of good news before we close. One is a very personal one for me. Yes, I do, in fact, have a life outside of work and this podcast. I have two kids, and my son is just turning one, and so starting next month, I'm going to be on paternity leave to spend more time with him. It doesn't mean the end of the podcast, but, uh, you know, in some interesting way, I should have more time to stay focused on it since I'm going to be a little bit less involved in the day-to-day -day scrum of work at Greenway, um, but still working on some pet projects like this one. And I just want to say that it's really great to live in a place and work for a company where this is allowed and supportive. Very much welcome. Uh, 
thank you. Ah, we are just investing in a new employees which will come in 20 years. Exactly. It's a good way to think about it, hopefully. Yeah, coming out, driving electric already. I mean, both my kids have been in electric vehicles already. Not too many newborns can probably say that. So that's good news number one. And the second piece of good news is that we've been having so much fun making Electric Avenue. This podcast has opened up so many topics and debates for us, allowed us to discuss with people all over Europe while not really making too much of a carbon footprint. And hopefully you enjoy it as well. And so we're going to continue doing Electric Avenue in 2020. Last year, we published two times a month. In 2020, we're going to aim for once a month. We're going to aim for action-packed shows full of industry insights, news, and useful information. As always, you'll be able to find each of these episodes on all of the podcasting platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please leave us a rating or review to help others find the pod, or really just share it with them directly. That's what I do. And if you have any suggestions for us for 2020, people to interview, topics that you want us to cover, please send us an email at my email, aaron.fishbone at greenwaynetwork.com. We're looking forward to 2020 and what it has in store for Electric Avenue as well. I just want to give a huge thank you again to everyone who helped us kick us off today, all the fantastic industry insiders, and especially to our production team for production and editing, Katarina Urban-Richterova, for sound quality and oversight here in the studio with us, Oksana Ferenchova, and for Julia Birchakova for the marketing work that she's going to be doing to make sure that this finds your ears. And of course, Peter, thank you for your co-hosting skills and your insights. This is Aaron Fishbone wishing you many happy and safe electric kilometers. Happy New Year and happy dec... All right. Do I need to redo Do I need to redo it? Okay. I will just maintain... You that. need to interrupt me mostly so I don't go so fast. Okay. Yeah, I've been trying to, you know, it's an engagement tactic.